What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hog Sports coming to you from Hog Sports Studio. Daniel Gafford foregoing the NIT and his last two years of eligibility to declare for the NBA draft. Uh, we're going to talk Razorback recruiting with Danny West, and we're going to get into Arkansas's matchup with Providence in the NIT. It's all happening on Hog Sports Live. All right, first I want to get into the Daniel Gafford situation with him declaring. Uh, I, I guess at in one sense of it, we're going to get a good look at what next year's team will look like. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to be very good. Uh, you know, Providence isn't. All right, first I want to get into the Daniel Gafford situation with him declaring. In one sense of it, we're going to get a good look at what next year's team will look like. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't think it's going to be very good. Uh, you know, Providence is not a bad basketball team coming out of the Big East. Uh, it's going to be at their place at the Dunkin' Donuts Center. So not having Daniel Gafford out there, obviously going to give us a good glimpse. There's certainly a lot of rumors swirling around right now about Mike Anderson's job performance, his job security, uh, from what my sources say. It will be Hunter Juracek's decision if a decision is made, and the board is going to back him on that and not um, not have any major influence uh, either way. So uh, that's where we are right now. Now, I wanted to get to Mike Anderson's press conference and where he actually discusses, so let's go to that right now. Daniel Gafford, you know, he's put his name in the draft, and uh, we'll hire an agent and uh, will not be participating in the NIT. I always support our guys in terms of, you know, their endeavors. I, you know, I just remember Dan coming here as a ninth grader, coming to our camps. And to see him to be in the conversation about being a first-round draft choice, I think uh, I think it bodes well and says, you know, him coming in and doing the things he's done. Uh, but throughout the whole year, uh, if you recall last year, I had a chance to sit down with he and his parents and, uh, uh, and of course, give them some of my opinion and just see how they felt at that time. Because rightly so, he could have left last year and uh, had an opportunity. But I think he came and back and got – he developed, he got better. And uh, and, and I think he's he's going to be a first-round draft pick. So uh, so I'm supporting him in, you know, in his endeavor. Uh, he came here with a dream and uh, he's going to have an opportunity to realize it. Well, we, we've been we've been talking throughout the the, the whole the, the whole year, and uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's his decision. We're going to have Danny West on here in a little bit. He's going to discuss Razorback recruiting with us. Uh, but I also want to encourage everybody to go ahead and, and start getting some questions built up for Danny because we're going to we're going to ask him a lot of stuff. Uh, obviously, the baseball team a three game sweep over Missouri to open SEC play, uh, and they're in the thick of it now. They've got Texas coming up um, for a midweek two games in, in Austin, and then uh, they'll be in the thick of SEC play. I want to mention a couple of things here first about what we've got going on in the site. Uh, we just released the new edition of the Big Red Board. So the Big Red Board is 93 names. It's 93 of the top prospects that Arkansas is after, okay? These are legitimate prospects. Danny's got updates on several of them. We rank them hot, warm, cold, uh, whether they're, not, they're committed or not. We give a rundown on, on the situation with the position group and, uh, and of course, whether or not it's, it's trending high or low on those guys. So we've had the big red board. Here's some of the things that are going on right now at hogsports.com. As I mentioned, the big red board, we've got Daniel Gafford, uh, story on his decision to declare for the NBA draft and, and not to play in the NIT. Uh, some recruiting headlines there. Matt Goodhart um, emerging as, as Arkansas's designated hitter. And, of course, the NIT article. So 
I'm going to go ahead and bring Danny in here. Hey, Danny, what's going on, brother? Oh, man, just trying to get a little work done. You're making me work today on spring break Monday. Well, happy belated St. Patrick's Day to you. Yeah, you know what? I went to the donut shop yesterday morning, and I saw all these green donuts in there. I was like, hey, man, what, what flavor is that? <laughs> he was like, uh, it's St. Patty's Day. I felt like an idiot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, sometimes you are. So you got your yeah. tournament bracket filled out? I've got UNC uh, going all the way. That's UNC Greensboro. I'm talking NIT. <laughs> did, you, did you fill out an NIT bracket? <laughs> I have not because literally no one cares about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, I mean, you think about it, Trey. The, try to name the last five NIT champions. Can you name one? Uh, only I think North Texas on the last one because North Texas. I, I looked it up. That's the only reason I know because I was looking up <laughs> a Wikipedia to NIT to find out uh, some of the details for the story. Uh, now, who won it last year in, in the real tournament? Villanova. Villanova won it. North Carolina before that. Villanova before that. Yeah. Ooh, Villanova's a six that. seed People this year. I remember those. Yeah. Yeah. Have you have you yeah, filled out your out for those. have you filled out your, your NCAA bracket yet? I did. I did it this morning and I'm like anybody else or most others, I'm picking Duke. I yeah. mean, I just think they're just they're ridiculous, man, with that freshman. I know. Too much to go against. So Barrett and, and yeah, John picking Williams. the favorite. Yeah. They yeah. I mean they're they're uh they're loaded up, and I'll tell you the way that I plan on doing it this year because I'm going to fill out some brackets because I'm trying to I'm going to try to get the million dollars, but I'm going to have several variations <laughs> with uh, with Duke winning, Duke winning it yeah. all, and uh, probably a good call. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I'll do it. I, I'll tell you what else I'm going to do. I think I'm going to fill out a bracket with just the best records all the way through until I get to about the final four. Yeah, see how that plays yeah, out for me. That. So people don't want to hear you talk about basketball, Danny. They want, no, to hear they, about, they want to hear about recruiting. And as I mentioned a minute ago, the Big Red Board is out. And uh, you've got 93 names on there, several players updated. Uh, don't give away the horse, but uh, yeah. let's tell these people about what they can expect about one, one of our most popular features on hogsports.com. Well, you surprised me with that number. I didn't know it was 93. 93, yeah, like, I counted them. felt like 903 going <laughs> through it there. But we had some guys move up, but we also had some guys that we moved down and, and actually even took some guys off the board completely this time around. And that's to be expected when you start getting into March. You know, teams start their spring practices, prospect days, a lot of opportunities to get on campus and you know, it's, it's things start sorting themselves out a little bit for a lot of guys because you can go all of January and February telling us, telling the recruiting writers, hey, I'm going to visit in, in, during spring ball. And mm -hmm. once that rolls around, they don't show up. I mean, you can start putting the pieces together a little bit on some of these guys. The ones that do show up, and, and they've had several that have been here a few times already on the, this calendar year. So you know it's real with them. And we'll keep pointing those guys trending upward on that big red board. But the others, you, you miss so many scheduled visit dates, you start to slide a little bit. But overall, uh, you know, that running back group, there's over a dozen guys listed as warm right now. That's mm -hmm. a lot, man. And I hate doing that because there's really nothing to take away from it. But I think that's actually where it is right now. Even they don't know who they're going to sign at the running back spot. We know they still want two, but there's a whole bunch of guys there who are kind of the same player, kind of the same interest level. Mm -hmm. and it's kind of that way all across the board on offense right now. I don't and think that's a bad thing. I, thought, 
I don't. Do you think that's no, a bad? No, it's not because I'm, you're in the mix for so many guys. To me, to be honest but, with you, Danny, when I was putting the big red board together and I was looking at it, I I don't know. I I felt like the warm stuff, and I say I was putting it together. I just structured it. Danny puts the whole thing together, but uh, I don't. When I see warm, that that tell that makes me think that there's a shot with that guy. When I see cold, I'm thinking, yeah. well, it's just not happening. So I, I don't I don't know. I don't have a problem with the with seeing the that many warms out there. I think that's probably uh, a good thing. Hey, I wanted to ask you real quick, Danny. This is okay. This is off the uh, deal, but what do you think about Gafford deciding to go pro? Well, you know, I'm, I always tend to be a little bit old school on that type of stuff, but at the same time, I get it. I mean, yeah. like we just talked about, the NIT. Now, I mean, if they were in the big tournament right now and you, and you ever have a player that says, I'm not going to risk it, you know, yeah. like what if Zion Williamson did that right now? Yeah. It would be a huge uproar. But for this NIT, man, you've got so much money on the line. Even if you win it, you're essentially 69th place in the country for mm-hmm. winning that tournament, right? Yeah. Because 68 teams get in the real one, the one that people actually care about. I wouldn't risk it. You know, if that's my son, I, I don't know that I would risk it. So while but he's, I am he's not a little pl- bit – He's not playing football here, though. You know, I, I'll, I I've, get it. I've got to say here, Danny – I like what Charles Barkley said and that players play. Now, I, it's easy for me to say that. I'm not in Daniel Gafford's shoes. Millions of dollars aren't on the line. But I I like what Barkley said. Players play. You play basketball. That's what we do. You know, I, I thought he had a great take on it. But at the same time, that was a different era. And people look at things differently now. There's a lot more information and stuff. But um, – I kind of wish a lot of money. I kind of wish a lot get, of money, man. We're talking about a game, and he's got a shoulder. You know, he came down on the shoulder. You could tell by the way he came down on his elbow; it raised his shoulder up, and I, that could be part of it too. So we have to factor that in there. But um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I still like what what Barkley said. But again, we, I'm not Daniel Gafford. I don't have millions of dollars on the line. Easy for me to say. But the one thing is that Daniel Gafford did a lot for this university and uh, and deserves everything he gets uh, on the next level. Uh, sorry to inter- interrupt the uh, the recruiting. Let's get back to the big red board, though. Yeah, uh, defensively, Trey. I think you know. I talked about the offense is kind of kind of blurry right now. You got so many guys in the mix at, at all these different positions. But on defense, this time around, I felt like it started to. I don't know. You could kind of start shedding some light and seeing some separation with some guys, particularly at, on the defensive line. Of course, they've already gotten a commitment from uh, Jashad Stewart, mm-hmm. a weak side defensive end, outside linebacker. You can call him whatever, but. You know, you got Aaron Moore on campus last weekend, an outside linebacker. Of course, you brought in the two Memphis guys, Bryson Eason, Martavius French. I've got all those guys listed as, as hot now. And then, at uh, you know, in the back end and the secondary, Darius Snow all of a sudden sets up an official visit. We've taken him from cold all the way up to, uh, to warm now after he set that visit. Uh, Daywan Gibson came in from Murfreesboro, Tennessee, another safety prospect. Jaron Thompson shoots up this week after after telling us uh, last weekend that Arkansas is now his number two school, so or in his top two, I should say. He didn't say number two. So, And then a cornerback, man, just go look at all those names right there. Mark Smith is getting after it, and it's not just a bunch of three-star guys. There's a whole bunch of four-stars there, and you know that's just kind of one of my general – takeaways he's trying to he, he's swinging for the fences right now we'll see what he comes away with Danny West joining us I want to ask everybody real quick here to uh if you haven't thrown us a like go ahead and throw us a thumbs up uh or, or anything like that try to stay away from the heart and the smiley face and laugh face because I want to kind of see where everybody's thinking on Daniel Gafford's 
uh, comments. But uh, throw us a like, share the video if you haven't shared the video. Be sure to follow the page and go ahead and get your comments and questions in for Danny right now. Um, so let's uh, let's see what we got real quick, Danny. Um, and I want to remind everybody, all that information there is available on hogsports.com in full. Uh, some of the stuff Danny just touched on it right there, but it is it's a really in-depth list of uh, kind of painting the big picture of where Arkansas is in Razorback recruiting. It is a VIP article. Like I said before, we do have a lot of free stuff on hogsports.com, mainly stuff that comes out of press conferences, some breaking news type of stuff like that. But if you want the inside VIP stuff, for Razorback recruiting and, of course, um, you know, the other kind of analytical stuff and breakdowns and, and well-researched stories that we do at Hog Sports, you'll have to sign up for that VIP membership. Uh, let's see, Carson Bauer, Arkansas will never get to be a basketball school again. Arkansas was never a basketball school. Arkansas was never a basketball school. And the reason they weren't is because football, no matter, even in the 90s when everybody was – you know, in love with Arkansas basketball, and it was a close second, but and the football program was down. Even then, it was still a football school. And I can tell you just from an analytical standpoint, you know, the traffic that's driven on our website and stuff, uh, football is still king. Um, and, of course, you know, it's it's not like football is, is, is uh, standing out. You know, they won two games last year. I think there's a lot of hope for football, Danny, don't you? I mean, they, they just won two games, and it's two different circumstances. I mean, you got Mike Anderson in year eight with the basketball program. Here they are in a re rebuilding year going to the NIT. The future doesn't necessarily look bright when you look at the players returning. And then you look at football, a two-win team. The staff is heading into their second year, just finished their first year, I should say, uh, recruiting at an extremely high level, branding themselves. Uh, two different situations, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely, and you hit it right there. It's all about recruiting with football. Have you ever seen a program go two and ten, have the worst, have the worst season in school history, and people still feel pretty good about things because of that recruiting? Right, it's I been mean, impressive. Signed, yeah, and they're recruiting yeah, right impressive. now off a two and ten record. I mean, last year they were recruiting off of hope, and we're going to do this and that, and we're building for the yeah. future. And then there's that stone cold hard two and ten staring you right in the face, and they're still bringing in elite prospects. Here's the key, though, Trey. You've got to keep that going, and, and at some point, that's going to run out, right? Yes. And that that newness. So the key is, you've got to go win games this fall. Yes. Now, I'm not saying they absolutely have to make a bowl game, or you've got to reach, you know, X amount of wins this year. You've got to show drastic improvement, though, mm. throughout. You know, I I don't even know what that looks like yet. I'll tell you. We'll what, I'll tell you what it looks like, Danny. It's being right there in the thick of it, where a bowl game is a possibility where it's not just like over, you know, in the first quarter yeah. of the season, you yeah. know, where you're still fighting for bowl possibility mathematically in there and you're not getting the crap kicked out of you. I mean, you're yeah. not losing just – can't have another 52-6. 52-6 to six games. Those got to go. Those have to go. That's so, you're competitive in these games. You're giving people hope for the future and at the same time giving recruits hope for the future. That's it. That's it. I, not much – that <laughs> they feel really good about it man and they know it you know i have people all the time that ask me hey how do they feel about things the coaches you mm -hmm. know and i mean they see the same things that that we're talking about here they know they absolutely have to go out and, and show a better product on the field because like we talked about man kids attention span nowadays you know, we see it all the time trey but mm -hmm. i mean you've only got their attention for such a short amount of time and yeah. once that 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 cool, you know, that newness wears off of it. 
man, you got a hard time trying to get that back in your favor. So, yeah, they understand it uh, more than anybody, I would say. Seth Bryan Stockett asks, your prediction on the next in-state prospect to commit, who you think it's going to be? Uh, if I had to roll the dice, I'd probably go with Cottrell Wallace. Yeah, uh, I noticed you had him the, hot on the big red board. Yeah, the defensive end, outside linebacker out of Bryant. Of course, you've, you've also offered now Robert Scott and Conway. Yes. And, uh, of course, Blaine Pole, And then, of course, Jacoby Criswell, who has yet to set up an Arkansas visit this offseason. Not a huge surprise there. It just seems like things are going in a different direction for Jacoby. And, and uh, I actually told him the other day, I was like, hey, man, it, it, you know, if Arkansas is not in this, I don't care. I still want to know what your visits are and what your plans are. He's like, oh, okay, I'll keep you informed. So good luck to Jacoby. What a great kid. But, uh, yeah, to answer the question, I would probably go with Cottrell. He's coming up on March uh, 30th, so in a couple of weeks here, he'll be back up here for another visit. Not saying it's going to happen then, not putting any pressure on, but, you know, he would be my pick at this time. I keep changing gears on you, but I'm going to do it again. What do you, what do you know about Raymond Hawkins? Is that is that guy – say Mike Anderson, you know, he's retained and everything, all that stuff. Uh, is Raymond Hawkins viable possibility? Yeah, I, I would still consider him a possibility. Probably not a great chance right now, but, you know – Beyond that, I'm, I'm really not sure what to say about him. They yeah. want him. You know, he's 6'9", 225. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about a kid out of Finley Prep, the same school that Reggie Chaney came from. So, you know, you've got that connection. Haven't heard anything recent on Raymond, but, yeah, still in the mix there. Mm -hmm. Any Anything else on basketball? i got a couple of people, Steve Henderson and Jeff Clark, sure. asking about uh, basketball recruiting. Well, we know that they want at least three, possibly four. And at this point, I would probably say it will be four uh, signees total for that class there. You've already got Justice Hill, obviously. So you're looking at really three more spots, and you've got to have, I, I would say, two big men. I don't think you're going to find a guy that comes in and replaces Daniel Gafford in one guy. Now, maybe you could do it with two guys and, and kind of – you know, roll the dice and cross your fingers a little bit. So I would expect two big men, and, and that third one, I, I really can't call it. There's no telling what they'll do with that one. All right, let's see what else we got here. A few more questions. A lot of basketball recruiting, a lot of comments on on uh, Daniel Gafford, of course, as you'd expect. How are people feeling about that, Trey? I haven't, it's going, I haven't it's, read the comments. It's going back and forth. A lot of people are, you know, wishing him luck. And obviously, you know, some people think that he might have should have come back and played. Some people think he's going to be in yeah. the D-League and stuff like that. I will say on most of the mock drafts with Daniel Gafford, I mean, you see him somewhere late first round. You know, that's a little scary to me because those contracts yeah. aren't guaranteed. Daniel Gafford's going to be in the NBA, though. I mean, I, it took me one game in college. I don't know if you remember, Danny, but I came out with one of these videos, and you were like, whoa, Trey, slow down. Uh, I don't think you had seen him, you'd seen him play but yet, but I was like, Daniel Gafford will be in the NBA. Um, and that was tough, like first game freshman year. But, I mean, he's got all the tools. The thing that with Gafford, obviously you'd like, you'd like to see him have improved his free throw shooting percentage, and he will continue to improve. I mean, he's up to 59. He was 53% last year, so he has improved in that area. But how about it like a 15-foot jumper, you know, playing a little bit better with his back to the basket. Um, you know, I don't want to say he's a one-trick pony, but some people have kind of, you know, alluded to that, at least offensively. He does so many things for you defensively. But the guy's so tall and long and athletic. He can jump out of the gym. Um, you know, he's got a lot of, of God-given talent that 
uh, is going to, I think, put him in the NBA for a number of years. I mean, he's just – he's a different level of athlete. I mean, even comparing to Bobby Portis, who's – Bobby's had a good NBA career uh, and does some things better than Daniel does. But from an athletic standpoint, it's, it's really not close. I mean, he may be the most athletic player to come through Arkansas. I mean – in a long time, when you factor in his height and his jumping ability and all of those things, I mean, uh, he needs to add some weight. There's there's things that Gafford has to do. He's got to add some weight. The, he needs to continue to be a better free throw though. shooter. Uh, yeah, uh, go Bobby ahead. Bobby can step back and drain it. Right. You no, know, Bobby, can, he's a shooter. No, he can't. I don't know. I think that's I think that's why we're seeing Gafford not slide. I mean, he's still a first round projection, but man, when he came back last year, he announced he was coming back. I think everybody was like, oh, he's going to be a lottery pick. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're talking about him borderline not even being in the first round now. So, I don't know. That's You hit it, though. That's what's separating him. I don't think he's developed, you know, that outside game much at all this year. So, I, think, I don't know. Wish him the best. He's a good kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He He's going to be fine. The thing is, the longer he stays in school – the less his ceiling looks. You know what I mean? Because he, he's a yeah. guy that started playing basketball late. You know, he, he was a drummer. He played in the band. Uh, somebody was like, hey, you're tall. You should come play basketball, which those kind of stories are amazing to me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, he, same thing happened to me in high school, believe it or not. Oh, same thing? Yeah, <laughs> I believe that. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's Little see. Um, Marcus Brown says he's the next Greek freak. I mean, hey. both guys are long. Definitely, Gafford's he's he, he's got so much room to improve. Some of the, there's some things I think he can improve. I hear people say that he's got a a good stroke. He does. The ball comes off his hand fine. His elbow, his wrist, they all sync up. I think his elbow's a little out. I think he could square up a little bit better and uh, and become a better free throw shooter. Same thing with Jalen Harris. Jalen Harris kind of cocks the ball back. There's some wasted motion in his shot uh, that I think he could clean up too. But uh, with Gafford. You know, being an NBA player means you practice all the time. You got to add some weight. You got to develop yep. a 15 footer. Get better with your back to the basket, uh, and and become a better free throw shooter. And uh, I think he'll be in the NBA for a long time. Uh, I want to remind everybody we're here with Danny West, Hogsports.com recruiting analyst. Like the video, share, follow, comment. Also, you can watch the video. You can listen to the video now on podcast. I'll be uploading it on podcast. Uh, as soon as this is over, it'll be available on iTunes soon. It's on Spotify now. It's on um, Stitcher now uh, and should be on iTunes soon. And I'll uh, I'll be sure when that all comes out and I'll get all that information so people will be able to listen when they drive if they can't always tune into the show. So, Danny, what else we got going on? We're about 23 minutes in. Um, so, anything else you want to touch on? Before we... Well, in terms of in terms of recruiting, I want people to know it, it is a little bit slower this week. That's kind of by design. Of course, it's spring break. The coaches got out for a few days, and, mm-hmm. and so if you're sitting back anticipating a, a brand new commitment or several, I wouldn't hold my breath on that. But coming up March 30th, that's really the next big uh, visit weekend, and of course, that's one week prior to the red-white game, which should be another really big turnout for them in terms of recruits. So that's kind of where we're at mm-hmm. right now. I would I would go check out that big red board uh, next week. I mean, I would say in two weeks from now, it's probably going to look quite a bit different again. So mm-hmm. uh, you're going to get some more kids on campus. So it's fun, fun time to keep up with that thing. Spring football also halfway over. There's seven practices through right now. Uh, I know we haven't touched on spring football much, but – I kind of like the the way that they do that with splitting it up. You get seven practices in, you get a break, 
to, and to me, if you're really dedicated with it, you're going to get in that playbook, make sure you kind of go over it as a player, um, you know, not just totally fluff off football, but, um, and then come back for eight practices and then have your, 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 your red white game after that. I kind of like that structure. I think, you know, different coaches do it different ways, but I think that's, that's not the worst way to do it. I'm with you on that. I remember, you know, for years and years, it seemed like they would always come out, they would start spring ball for like uh, maybe two practices, maybe three, mm-hmm. and then go on spring break uh, before they really even put the pads on. I always thought that was, I don't know, it's tough to get started and then keep your momentum, keep your focus when you're down in, you know, Cancun or something for a week. I don't know. But hey, yeah, to put it further back in spring ball, I've always been a fan of that. I'll say this about Morris's practices too. I have to admit, last year when I was going out there, they were moving so fast and people didn't know what to do. I, I it felt chaotic to me. It felt like they yeah. were just all over the place. And now you go out there and it's almost like there's some harmony, some rhythm to everything. You can kind of see everything flowing as the players go station to station. I don't think it's just that the the coaches, or excuse me, the players now know what to expect better, but also some of the coaches, some of those coaches are, are new with Chad Morris. So I don't know. I look out there, I see a more experienced team overall, I see a much better quarterback situation. Uh, I, I just think that they're in a lot better shape and, and just getting comfortable. I mean, we were talking last year, Danny, you know, last year they won two games. They probably would have won four, maybe five games last year if Brett Bielema had been back just because they wouldn't have had to go through that huge transition sure. with, with the offense. So much difference. Uh, so many things expected of you. Just, you know, so many – I mean, this is a lot to take in. I mean, we don't yeah. really give yeah. the credit for that, but it's it's a huge transition. And you've got a little bit of a player buy-in issue, I think, last year, but you flipped so much. You have – you know, all the seniors from last year are gone. Not that they didn't buy in, but they're all gone. You've got the – what 20 something players who left early, you know, in the last, in the last year, yeah. uh, you've got 10, 11 new newcomers uh, who are on the roster, uh, two new quarterbacks, the old quarterbacks are gone. And then you've got uh, a bunch of players coming in here. Uh, when August starts, I think 57% of the roster will be Chad Morse players. So it's already yeah. kind of flipped in that way. And those freshmen, they don't know anything different than, than what they were. Uh, you know, some of the other players had, had a way of doing things with Brett Bielema uh, but all these new guys are a little bit different. So um, let's get you a couple more questions, Danny. We'll push this out to maybe three more minutes or so. Marcus Brown wants to know who's the next big thing out of South Arkansas now that Traylon Burks is gone. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, boy, I, that's a tough one right there. Answer the question, Danny. There, <laughs> there's a kid at Foreman. His name is Chris Haywood. He's mm-hmm. a defensive end. Uh, a 2021 kid. He's really good. I could mention a kid from Rising. I, I think everybody oh, of course called you me would. a homer. But <laughs> you are. Jamarian Fry. Jamarian mm-hmm. Fry. Uh, a lot of people remember the name Shamar Bracey coming out of Rising. I'm sure you do as well. Just a, a great athlete. Oh, yeah. Went on to Canadian Football League. And had a good career. Uh, played pro a little bit. But, uh, yeah, he's actually – Jamarian is Shamar's son. And this kid is, is really blowing up down there. He's – He's expected to come to camp this summer, so maybe you can get a look at him. And tell me your thoughts. But yeah, I like uh, I like those two. Ed, is there really a you know a five star type Sosa a game out there? Not that I've heard of so far. Mm-hmm. All right, Danny. Well, I'm going to let you go, man. I appreciate you being with us. Yeah, boy. All right, Sounds man. Good. All right, everybody. 
be sure to get on to hogsports.com, read some of the stuff that Danny West is doing. Nobody's doing the stuff that Danny is doing in terms of having inside information into college football recruiting, especially with the Razorbacks, some of the content that he puts out. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. I'll see you, man. Okay, talk to you later. All right, everybody, I want to thank you for joining us. Throw us that like, share the video, follow the page, recommend the page, word of mouth, any of that stuff helps us get our message out. I'll be back with you guys trying to make sure that everybody knows how to get the podcast. Uh, So for Danny West, this has been Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time.